This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, as we prepare for this message, I ask you, in Jesus' name, that you're going to speak uh, clearly to us. But I'm asking you, Lord, to draw young people in. May they come to know you as we take what the enemy is trying to accomplish and we turn that for a, a better purpose. Father, I thank you for your plan and for your will to be done. And Lord, speak to us now. Thank you, Father, for your favor and your blessing. Amen and amen. All right, tonight uh, I'm going to give you a, a quieter environment for just... Uh, I just want to, it's going to be a little darker. I want you to be, um, I don't want a lot of people looking around uh, as I bring this message. Um, just to set the tone for this, you know, I've spent the last two days in the courtroom in the uh, vehicular homicide case of our, our beloved brother in the Lord here. And many of you have asked what happened. And I'm going to share that with you in my message tonight. In India, um, you may have heard me say this in the past, but in India, they don't, I'm not Pastor Don or Dr. Allen or anything, they call me the story preacher. And many nations, they, they, here's the guy that's going to tell the story to bring you the point. Uh, tonight, I honestly felt like I was writing a book as I was writing this message. I'm going to tell you the story. And... I just I want you to hear that for what it is. I may stay very close to my notes. Uh, I want you to hear what I saw. I could only describe what I have seen to the moment. The closest moment is the moment in Africa when I watched the crippled child whose feet were were inverted be corrected in the presence of God. That's the closest moment I've seen to what I saw. And I want you to prepare yourself for this setting, this young man is on trial, four counts, beginning with a serious one of, of vehicular homicide. Let us begin with Matthew chapter 6, verse number 14 and 15. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is Matthew chapter 6, part of a sermon that ties in, that has been going through Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5, Jesus is preaching one of His most famous sermons and is laying down some standards that can even be difficult for the most seasoned Christians to aspire to. He gives challenges concerning forgiveness, hate, Lust, marriage, and love. And right in the middle of this, he lays out several steps for growth in these areas. And one of them was learning to go another mile. To go beyond what is expected. To go another mile in areas that we may not want to, but we need to. That comes from Matthew chapter 5, verse 41. 
It says, if a soldier demands that you carry, and, and a soldier had the right to demand, a Roman soldier had the right to demand, they carry uh, that the people that, that were conquered, carry their, their armor for a one-mile period. Jesus said, hey, if they make you carry it for one mile, he said, carry it two miles. Don't just do what you have to do, but go beyond. Go past. Go further. Take an extra step. We're always asking God to change our circumstances. But the, the principle that we see here teaches us that the most important change happens inside of us when we rule over the circumstances. We take this position of authority when we learn to go the extra mile even when we don't have to. It is this mindset that enables us to step out upon the water and walk. You see, Jesus didn't walk on the water to save time. Jesus didn't walk on the water for His own comfort. He walked on the water to rescue someone. His disciples were in need, and they needed to be rescued. And so Jesus walked on the water. This week I, I saw someone water walking. I watched two people walk out on the water to someone who was drowning. They were walking on the same water that was causing him to sink. I thought that was important. For a moment, just as the laws of nature yielded to the Creator Christ who walked on the waters of the Sea of Galilee, I watched as the laws of our nation yielded to the grace of God. Let me take you to that moment when the miracle occurred. First, let me note that Many look for miracles, but they really don't want the ingredients that are ripe for a miracle to manifest in their lives. You see, miracles are found in places of great need. It was such a moment as that. A miracle was the only hope for everyone. Let me say that again. For everyone in the room. For two days, we sat upon benches that were designed to remind us of the severity of the situation. This room was not created for comfort because comfort was not welcome in this place. This was the courtroom where justice was to be doled out. This is where grace dare not tread. The conclusions of this case were drawn before the first lawyer uttered his first words. Everyone knew, both sides knew, what had happened. Everyone knew that the defendant was guilty and that a good man had died. So from this place, the arguments would begin. For two days, two, maybe three points were argued because this was not a matter of guilt, but rather of intention. Blame was shifted. Facts were distorted, as they always are in a courtroom. Everyone there was holding their breath. A year's worth of pain was all funneling into that moment. Prayers were being prayed all over the room. The defendant's family desperately pleading for someone, they knew not who, but someone to hear their cry to spare their son's future. The other side whispering the name of Jesus 
as the waters of defense began to stir and the waves of all they had been through came crashing down upon them. And the judge sat in the center, skillfully and carefully examining each morsel of evidence. The closing arguments were given, and then the judge ruled immediately. And you could have heard a pin drop as the judge found him guilty on all counts. A quick recess for all but one. A quick moment to gather our thoughts. But a young man sits drowning in the waters of guilt as they rush upon him and taking his very breath. It is obvious to all hope. He's gone. As the family gathers, the young man, the son of the man who has been killed, says to me, wait, wait here with me. Everyone else is ushered into a private room. He looks at me and he says, pray with me. Pray with me and help me because I'm about to address the court. And I know what I feel, but I know what I must do. I want to show Jesus. I want to show Jesus. I want to say what this man needs to hear. The family's ushered further into the room, and then almost as quickly as we gather, they are sent back to the courtroom. One last prayer, and then the water walking began. We walk into the room. This is the moment of sentence. This is the point. Guilty on all counts. And judgment is about to be passed. But the law provides a stipulation. Before the sentence can come down, the family may address the court. This is the moment to declare their pain. This is the moment to demand payment in full. This is justice. The DA begins his push toward the maximum penalty. He wants all to know clearly justice has been done. And then as per the law, he turns to the family for their help in sealing the image of damage that must now be paid for. And to my right, a shaking woman, a mother, and now a much too young widow is the first to arise. Her eyes are down, and you can barely see her face through the hair that has throughout this trial been a retreat. She walks timidly to the stand. She stands in a place that someone else's choice, someone else's desire to allow a substance to take away their pain has caused her pain. She begins to speak. She speaks of her love for her husband. And our hearts all break again. 
She pours out the pain of her loss that she has suffered. She shares what the DA wanted to hear. The agony of someone needing justice. The deal was sealed. But before she finished, I watched her take a step of not expectedness. She stepped upon the waters of turmoil. She left the stand, as it were, and turned not to the judge any longer, but now she turns and everyone catches their breath. The room catches their breath. She is looking right at the man, the boy, who took her husband's life. She begins, Nothing, nothing you can do or that can be done to you will ever bring my husband back. You see, the court didn't have that power. I want to interject that we will see him again. As a matter of fact, at this moment, the court was powerless as she took another step upon the water. And with one statement, the atmosphere became electric because she uttered these words, I forgive you. The court will do what it wants, but she declares, this ends here. You are forgiven. Suddenly, the lawyers are speechless. The deputies are afraid to move. And then to my right, movement is seen. This defendant, this defendant who is now guilty of homicide, begins to shake. He is gasping for air as the waters are parting before this woman as she says to him again, I forgive you. She then addresses the judge. In a mirror of heaven, she says this, I have sons this age. This could have been my boys. I want you to show them or him grace because he is just a boy. Others would speak and the defendant would take in each word, but I forgive you is all anyone can hear. And then the sun stands. The son of the man who has been robbed from him far too soon. He takes the podium and with the voice of a preacher and an audience of one, he declares the gospel that his father had taught him. He implores the boy to receive not only his forgiveness, but the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. The room is awash with tears. It is now the defense's turn. They begin by introducing a man who is supposed to be there to solve a problem, and the man is so clearly shaken by what he has seen, he doesn't know the power thereof, and he doesn't know how to respond. He quickly tries to find his footing and speaks of a higher power 
that the convicted has made contact with and that it is important for him to need to continue on that path. And what do I hear beside me? But prayers begin. Prayers are up and down the bench, two benches. I hear them all around me. Let this boy know Jesus. Let him know Jesus. And now it is time for the guilty one to speak. And so he begins with these words as tears freely flow down his face. And I I don't know that I'll ever forget this moment. As he tried to speak and could not at first, he grabs his chest and he says, I have never experienced such forgiveness. And then he is overwhelmed. His family who know not Christ are all sobbing. They, They don't understand what they're seeing. They don't have these words of forgive to be forgiven. They don't have these words of freedom of Christ echoing in their heart. And they do not understand what they're seeing. And, and, and now, I hear beside me this phrase. Can I go to him? Quickly, the lawyer whispers to him to continue on. So he makes his case. He said, he said this. He said, I want you to know if I could trade my life for his, I would. I wish it were I that had died that day. And before anyone can respond, she is up. She's asking the judge, can I go to him? Can I go to him? The judge looks to the deputies to whom the man now belongs and to quote them, quote, With what we felt in the room, we were afraid not to allow her to do so. She walks. And as a mother, takes this lost young man into her arms and holds him. This murderer of her husband sheds tears upon her shoulder. She straightens him up and tells him, Jesus is your only answer. And then she makes this statement. No, it is not right that you should have died. My husband would not have wanted you to have died because he was ready. He knew Jesus and you don't. And then she invited him. To seek and find forgiveness in Christ. You can imagine the moment. I am supposed to be reading this next part, but I am amazed at this moment because it's like God said, you have your law, but now my law of love has taken over. The judge is so shaken, she's fighting back tears. She passes sentence. But before she does, she makes this statement. She said, I have watched families scream for an eye for an eye. I have even heard people say, I forgive you because of their Christian faith. But today, 
I have seen something I have never seen before as that Christ-like love has been lived out. The judge then added, I am supposed to sentence you with a condition that you never make contact with this family again. But with their permission, it sounds like it would do you much good to know this family. The sentence came down, and it was not an easy sentence, and there will be many dark days ahead. But even the family who had been seated behind their son as he was found guilty stood waiting at the door with tears, embraces, and falling into the arms of, in their words, we have met true Christians. I didn't mean to say this, but to quote the father. Why did I waste money on a lawyer when there are people who are good in this world? I left the building holding back a year's worth of tears. It's my job to do the funeral, my job to help the family. But I was shaken to the core. Because on that day, I saw Jesus arrest the system. And the light of Christ shone so clearly that none could deny that Jesus was among us. My phone would ring and I would be told that the officers and even the judge were so impacted by the gospel that was preached and the presence that was felt, that all were clear they had seen a miracle that day. The scripture says, go the extra mile. Go further than expected. Not to make a scene. Not so that people will applaud you. I got this family's permission just so I could share because I got to see it from a different perspective. A different place. A different perspective. Because it wasn't for show. It was love. Don't you understand what the Word says? Love covers a multitude of sin. But when we go the extra mile, when we forgive the power of of the enemy and the power of the bitterness is ripped off of our lives. You see, I called it water walking because everybody was drowning. There was grief, there was pain, there was agony, there was dread. Everyone was drowning, but because of Christ, I watched them step upon the water. And suddenly, peace came into turmoil. Will there be dark days? Yes. But when you commit to go the extra mile, when you commit to do what Jesus has said, to let it go, you may well be surprised at the power of the outcome in your life. There will be days that we all struggle with. We've all been wrong. We've all faced troubles. We have all been places 
and had things done that were not right, that should not have been done. We have all experienced pain. We've all struggled. But not my example, for I was but a spectator. And there is no condemnation. Because what we have heard and what we have seen in the journey I've tried to take you on tonight is not a journey of the conviction of grace. Grace that flows past justice. Grace that took one with no hope and planted the seeds of hope and love. And forgiveness came. And grace came. Some of you are wondering if you could go the extra mile, if you could take a step upon the water. I don't ever want to be in that circumstance that they're in. I don't want to go there. I don't want to know. But I know in my own life, as before I could preach this, the pain that, that has been inflicted on me, I had to deal with some literally because I was like, you can't go preach forgiveness if you're not walking in it. Oh God, let us forgive. Who are you running from? Who haunts your dreams? Who, who haunts you with bitterness? Who, who haunts you with pain? Who do you need to water walk toward? Not that you would give them the ability to gloat, but that you would be free. That you might act in such a way that those who have wronged you will know they no longer have power over you. That what has caused you to run to the depths of depravity will be loosed off of you. Am I speaking to anybody tonight? Do you understand what I'm saying? What has caused you to be pushed because you've been trying to outrun your pain and your problems and your struggles, that you will not let it sentence you to a life of pain and regret, but you will hear the hope of Christ as He stands at the stand and He walks on the water and He still declares, it is finished and you are forgiven. There is hope. And there is only one hope. And He is not called a higher power. He is the highest power. And His name is above all names. I was amazed afterwards. Would you stand with me and I'll conclude with this. I was amazed afterwards that that man seeking the higher power said, would you bring whatever it is you have to my group so the other people can get free? I thought, or you know what you're asking because I'm going to tell them one simple thing that Jesus is the way, the, the truth, and the life and no man comes unto the Father but by Him, amen I don't care what your record is I don't care what your past is I, you're going, Pastor Tom, but you don't know how bad it is look, there are people in here who have you freaked out if you knew what their past was but, but you're, they just look all clean why? because Jesus cleaned them up I watched water walking and Jesus still walks on the water to you don't leave here holding bitterness but don't leave here needing forgiveness either be forgiven be set free Ron Ryan preached a message that I'll never forget you can either get better or bitter you can do one or the other it's time to get better.
Bow your heads. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands today. Because your, your need for forgiveness or your need to forgive are not, they're not my, my responsibility. They're yours in Christ. If you'll let it go, He'll forgive you. If you'll let it go, there's freedom. I'm going to tell you what the Holy Spirit just spoke into my heart. The first person some of you really need to forgive is yourself. If you're standing next to your spouse, reach over and take their hand. That's a place of forgiveness. That's a connection of forgiveness. Don't hold something for them. Don't hold something against them. Be free. Be free. I feel the Holy Ghost of God. When God poured this into me to take this, I, I said, I'll be obedient. But I declare somebody's about to be free. If there's somebody, like, this is going to sound strange, but if there's somebody that, that you need to be standing next to, just symbolically take their hand right now. Just symbolically take it. And then forgiveness. Holy Spirit, I come to you. By boldly approaching the throne of grace, and I declare there is freedom. I declare that at the repentant heart, there is one echo forgiven, forgiven, forgiven that echoes throughout heaven. That at the name of Jesus, as they repent, they are forgiven. Every demon in hell that screams guilty must bow at the voice of the one who declares forgiven. They, it must have come to the power of he that is greater, that walks on the water through the storm and still declares peace be still. Father, I declare your freedom. I declare your victory. And Lord, for those who have roots of bitterness in their life, let them receive that freedom. Set them free. Let that bondage, that person, control them no longer. But let them be free in the name above all names. In the name of Jesus. Come on, say that with me. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. How many are you thankful for Jesus tonight? Amen. Amen. Take this. Process this story. And the next time you can hold bitterness, let it go. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.